are again. Here we are again do, doing another podcast episode of our hella confusing 20s. My hair is looking a little crazy. Whatever. It's uh, it's 10.44 p.m. If your hair's not looking a little bit crazy, you've been home all day, it's 10.44 p.m., <laughs> you're a freak. Newsflash. You're f- Hold on, I need some water. Let me get started with some water. Some water. Refresh. There it is. There it all is. I'm ready to uh, get into it. So, uh, I changed my name back to the name I was before, Stupid Sounding Laugh. When I deleted my Instagram, I thought that I wouldn't be able to have... Because it says, like, this name is gone forever. And I was like, fuck, I I, I guess I lost the name forever. But now I got the name back. Uh, from not funny funny, I only had not funny funny guy because I didn't think I could have stupid sounding laugh. But I think I have my laugh is so stupid. I think stupid sounding laugh is better suited, you know, to what I'm all about. Speaking of which, uh, I've been I've been fucking with a Rubik's cube. You can see, look at I got the hole. You're supposed to solve the white side first, but you're supposed to. Well, the thing I was looking at, there's a lot of there's different ones, but you, it's like you know it's it's a line when you have the two red and two blue. And there's more stuff to do after this, I think, like, solve, whatever. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> it's good. It's good to, you know, build your build your mind. Oh, man. I'm going off on a stupid-sounding tangent. Thanks, Matt, for listening and, and helping me coin that. Um, I should start the podcast. I should I should do the intros and stuff before I uh, get too heavy into all the cool shit. All the cool shit I, you boys been doing, like figuring out Rubik's Cubes. Uh, welcome back to our hella confusing 20s, episode 8, the podcast where I talk about the craziness of our 20s and trying to figure yourself out and, and define who you are and, and work through it. And uh, we're on this journey together and hopefully we'll have some ha-has and hopefully there's something that, that gives you some positive reflection on where your journey is right now. Makes you feel a little bit less alone because you know what? You're not. You're not. You know what I was just thinking about? Um, in, in regards to being in our twenties, right? So there's this casting director in LA named Deborah Aquila. And, uh, what does she do? She, she cast La La Land. That's the most recent thing I remember seeing, but she cast Shawshank Redemption. You know, she's cast like a lot of big films and our last semester at CalArts, we had a, um, it was quote unquote, like a audition practicum class, I think learning how to audition, but it really was just an acting class. It was just a film acting class, and she would fucking dig into us to just be real and truthful and just bring it to the screen, and that was great. It was such a cool experience because you knew you knew with her like she's fucking audition like she fucking is good friends with Ed Norton, and how good is Ed Norton? Like his role in I mean obviously he has a lot of great roles. Fight Club, duh. Birdman though, he's so good in Birdman. What a role, you know? What a performance. I don't know, I'll probably get uh, fingers wagged at me for this, because I'm an, you know, an actor. I haven't seen American History X, but I gotta watch American History I've seen the Hulk movies, though, with Edward Norton in it. I was just one. I think it was just one. But, you know, just her, you know, it, it was dope being in her class, just knowing that that was the kind of guidance, the kind of eye. She just has something in her, you can t- just tell when you're phoning it in, you know? And... Something she said was, you could not pay me enough money to go through my 20s again. I was like, what? You couldn't pay her enough money to go through her 20s again? And it just made me realize, you know, I think in with our media and climate change and the job market and student debt and 
Tinder and all this crazy stuff. I think it can feel like being in your 20s right now is such a particularly tumultuous time. All these people don't want to get married. We're, you know, rejecting the values of our parents in many cases, but also finding, I think, solace and comfort in other ones, for at least me personally. And, you know, I think a lot of the more grounded people I know, but I mean, I think our 20s have always been fucked, you know, in terms of humanity. Like that Deborah Aquila was saying that. I'm sure heaps of other people that are, you know, we see in their 40s, 50s, 60s probably feel similarly because it is just so much craziness up in the air. It feels like it's going to be forever. You don't realize until a bit later on it was just a season. It was just a season. You're going to get through another season, another season. I don't know if we fully appreciate how long life is yet, you know? And so I think the things we're going through, I think that's probably why, or contributes to at least, why in general our emotional regulation is so whack, is because we do have a hard time contextualizing our experience over the long time. Oh look, my fucking battery's about to die. I should get another camera for, another battery for this. Well, once it dies, then I'll just be purely audio, and the video I've gotten so far I can use for the teaser or whatever. Fuck. <sighs> I'm yawning, I'm tired, but I'm gonna keep going, man. I got shit to say today. <laughs> oh, what did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah, so recently, what is it now, the 29th of September? So I'm doing this a little bit late. I haven't podcasted in a few weeks. You know, life gets busy. Yeah, life gets busy, you get it. But the 11th, so what is that, 18 days now? It was my last day at the phone call charity center I've been working at for six months whoa and it might not seem like that long but that's the long <laughs> that's the longest job i've ever had and it was a slog you know just going there every day working the job ah oh, was not a fan was not a fan but i did learn a lot just by sticking to it for so long you know for so long for me like that i did it as long as the visa would allow me and uh you know, I tried my best to up my sales skills and my charity skills and my talking skills. And, you know, I really do feel like it's something I'll always have on my resume now, you know, and I got like a certain charity fundraiser of the month, one month. And it's just, I guess what, what's significant about me is in reflection, this experience that I really didn't want to be having. I didn't really want to be going through it. I don't want to say I thought I was better than it, but I thought I was better than it. <laughs> but no, people would even say like, you know, like, oh, Jeremy, what, like, you, you should, you would be so great, you know, like, I had one guy who was, like, he used to be, like, a, like, a life coach, and he's done a lot, he's, like, paid for, like, public speaking seminars and stuff, and he was, like, you'd be really good at public speaking, you know, there's a lot of money, and you should check it out, and there's, just like, other people who would just say things to me was really cool, just to, how do I phrase this, because, like, I don't think I'm better than people, you know, I, I had my reason, I was there, I, I had to work the job, you know, it was a good opportunity, it afforded me a lot of good things, but it's just, I guess it wasn't the destination. And I feel like for a lot of people there, it's not the destination. It's just kind of something they pass through. They kind of helps them for a bit. But there were people there where it does feel like it's the destination for them. And that shit was sad to be around. You know what I mean? Just thinking about it. Well, it'd be, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're happy. Maybe it's not sad for them. The camera died. For me, I thought, I gotta sneeze. Come on. <coughs> for me, I don't know. I found it sad, you know? But it didn't give me the skills now, sales skills, phone sales, phone experience, where it's easy to get work, like, of that nature. And I'm thinking they'd probably pass over to the States, too. It could probably be easy enough to get a call center job, you know. 
and I'm at this call job now, uh, temporarily, where I'm basically like a receptionist, but for a bunch of companies, it's like I'm sitting in an office, and it's, you know, it's one company, but there's a bunch of different inbound campaigns they have, so I'll talk about, like, like I'll help people with roadside assistance, I'll help people leave messages to financial advisors, to their property managers, and I, like, collect information, or I'm customer service, like, you know, I, I don't know if I can disclose the brands, but it's, like, people will call in, it's, like, an industrial product, an industrial spray, and then I got to be there with answers to their queries and stuff, or try to figure it out, or try to get them transferred, and basically, all that is to say, holy fuck, my job is so easy, like, I'll literally leave for the day, and I'll feel like, dude, I didn't do shit today, how, how easy is that to get paid for that, also, it's given me more understanding at why every customer service thing I've called is fucking shit. But now I know why when I call people don't know what the fuck they're doing or talking about and they're transferring me all over the goddamn place because nobody knows what the fuck is happening. They barely know the product that they're having to speak on the phone about. Ugh. But I do have a job that's about to start on Tuesday where it's... um selling wine over the phones and there's commission as part of that and so i get to just like learn a lot about wines there's wine education there's wine sampling and i'm just gonna like get into that and like maybe probably do both of them for a while and see i'm probably gonna just do the wine one full time yeah i don't know like i needed that six months at that place to just have on my resume and now things are more way more chill you know, things are way more chill now. And like, I, it was hard to see that in, in, in that space. But now I see it. And now I'm like, I, now that I see it in context, I'm like, you know, you're at that next stage, you can look back like, oh, that's why I went through that. That's why I did that. It's like, oh, cool. You know, you don't necessarily see where it's going all the time. But I think it's helpful to think of it that way from the beginning. Like the next job I'm doing now, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this experience It's going to be helpful for, you know, being even more fulfilled, even more whatever at my next job and I was just thinking about like you know when I was giving uber and lyft rides oh, there are so many stories so many things I learned that I need to do a podcast on to just talk about that stuff but one guy that just popped in my head I was driving in canyon country and I picked up this dude and it was when I was just starting to like start to listen to like Tom Bilyeu Tony Robbins just kind of motivational stuff and I mentioned Tony Robbins on a whim like oh yeah it's cool 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 and this dude you know I guess had worked with him before and he goes this is what he goes oh yes yes no oh yeah I've worked with Anthony oh yeah it was great working and in my mind I'm like Anthony who the fuck is Anthony I'm talking about Tony motherfucking Robbins and then he goes oh no that's it that's uh his full name his is Anthony and I was like oh my god and I was nice to the guy in the car but how much of a pretentious fucking dick twat do you have to be to fucking be talking about somebody that's known by a famous name and then try to call them their lesser known name like you're like cool with them even if you are cool with them to like speak that way in a conversation oh my god bro that dude had a fucking wooden dowel all the way up his anus all the way up that butthole just keeping that spine fucking rod straight baby rod straight oh my god fuck off you know what i'm saying <laughs> And I guess like he was talking about to me, like he like he used to do Cutco and it's like, yeah, people have their criticisms, blah, blah, blah. But I did well, you know, I fit, they did well for me. I made a lot of money and it progressed and blah, 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 blah. And that's the thing, man. That's true. Any fucking thing, you know, you have opportunity. 
If you're willing to pour your fucking soul into it and you have the passion to do that, of course it's going to pay off. Of course it's going to pay off. Most people just try to do Cutco and they realize what the work is and they're like, they're not cut out for it. They're like, oh, this is not the fucking work I want to do. You don't got to hate Cutco. Just hate that it's not the fucking thing for you. I fucking did an interview to do that shit and I, they fucking put me on board, but I didn't fucking do it. Fuck that, bro. Fucking Cutco. I was sitting in the in the toilet the other day and there was a, a fucking... Uh, so I was in a bathroom stall the other day and a dude came in and just started shitting and I was just thinking about, fuck, man. That must be a universal experience, hey? Of just... <laughs> of being the other person in the stall when somebody comes in next to you and just starts shitting. <laughs> and it's so funny because in that moment, like the only thing in your senses and your perception, you know, is you and that other person. And it's just so funny, like the variety you get, you know what I mean? Like sometimes they'll sit down, you immediately hear like grunting, like, <clears throat> and, like they're just like fucking constipated as shit and they're having a hard time. <laughs> or they'll sit down and they're quiet and you just hear like the fucking pee, right? You'll just hear the pee hit the water. Just like who doesn't pee first? Isn't that isn't that a crazy thought? Like every time I, I I go to take a shit, of course I pee. I sit down, I fucking pee, and then I poop. Who imagine somebody going down? They have they for some reason just have no pee at all to go, and they start pushing and they just fucking shit. They don't pee at all, and they get up and they get out of there. <laughs> How crazy, huh? My favorite is when um you fucking, you, you hear someone say, like, the, my favorite because it's the funniest to me. I laugh the most. Somebody comes down, and it's just like a machine gun chorus of farts. Just like rolls out of their butt, like, immediately, right? <laughs> How fucking good is that? They just sit down, it's like... <laughs> it's like a 1920s fucking Wilbur and Wright. I mean, the Wilbur and Wright, uh, Orville brothers. What were their names? Oh my god, I forgot. The Wright brothers, Wilbur and Orville Wright, I probably, and just fucking when they were like turning on their first plane, <laughs> that's what it sounds like when some motherfuckers just get on the toilet next to you, just fucking shitting away. You just hear the fucking plops hit the water. Oh my god, boop boop boop. Gosh, man, what a fucking treasure of life that is, huh? Getting to laugh at the, the people having painful, difficult obnoxious shits next to you when you're fucking when you're done or maybe you're having a bad one too we're, i guess we're that person sometimes but i feel like for the most part i'm pretty innocuous you know <laughs> you know what i've been been having lately just in kind of terms of you know like little treasures of, of life i've just i've been having these moments where i feel so connected to existence and reality outside myself because you know as humans are only experience we do have is through our experience our, our lens our perception but in those moments where we are able to get more outside of ourselves be more selfless as it were i really just feel like i can see the bigger picture of how we all fit together how we all are just like you know just part of this cosmic opera going on and how insane that is you know and i, I do feel so in awe i'm like wow I'm one of these, you know, muscle and meat covered skeletons who's able to perceive, who's able to experience, you know, on this flying rock through, you know, perceivably infinite space. And what is the statistic of even existing, right? Like Gary Vee talks about that and all the times like 100, blah, 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 like so many zeros to one, the chance of even being 
born. Like how beautiful it is that we get to try. We get to go on this journey and all these things that can seem so painful, so overwhelming, so insurmountable because we are trapped in our experience suddenly seem whatever. You know, I'll be fine no matter what. I'll be fine because I am already a miracle. Like, oh, like what a great thought that is to have. You know, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get that more in my mind because it feels so good to really feel that on in my heart, you know, on a deep level. You know, we got to inherit this legacy of our species that's so insanely varied, you know, of such heroic proportions. Like if you think of humanity and all of men and women and the amazing things that have been accomplished across societies for the past thousands of years, of course, atrocities as well, but <laughs> You know, what a piece of work is man slash woman, you know, to quote Hamlet. <laughs> and, you know, the, like something I regularly do is I clean the dog's tray. You know, I freaking rinse it out. I clean out the pee pee. I scrub it with, you know, dish soap and water. And I just really thought about the ritual of that, you know. Like the, the meaning that it's that it's come to have for me is that, you know, every so often, every two days, you know, when it time comes, I grab the brush, I grab the thing, I turn on the water, I do this, I do that. And it's a way for me to be in service of something other than myself. You know, yes, the dog, but also the family who is, is benefiting, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. It's just so... I guess the fact that we just put meaning into anything, you know, like that could be such a meaningless task, always cleaning, but I've chosen to imbue it with this importance and how that's what we do with all of our routines, with all of the things we do. And it just helps us to feel better about it. And you know what? And that's, that's what makes us human, you know, is the fact that we are able to make meaning, whether you can't, who cares whether or not there's, you know, inherent meaning and meaning just exists. Who gives a fuck? What is really cool is that we can make a meaning and then it's real. If we made it, then it's real. That's what it is. We make, that's what humans do, huh? We make, we think things, we make them, and then they're real. Boom. And then hopefully other people benefit. Ah, oh, you guys, I'm figuring it out. We're figuring it out together. This is our 20s. This is our 20s. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about like what, what manhood has been for thousands of years. It's like, I don't, you know, of course, women can do anything they want to do. You know, women should not be relegated to certain roles if there are other things they, you know, would like to do. And there's many things I think they can do much better than us. But just how it kind of has been like, guys do the dirty work. And it's not to say women can't do dirty work. If you want to do dirty work, hoe get down, you know? <laughs> I'm not saying all women are hoes, okay? I'm just trying to be silly. But that is, I don't know. It just is like, you know. It's just kind of a thing that guys do. It's like, you know what I mean? You're not going to ask your girlfriend to take out the trash. You're not going to ask your girlfriend to do the nasty stuff. I'm like, let me do that so you don't have to, you know? Like, I'll get dirty because I don't want you to have to. And that's like the one of the ways that we give, you know? That's no test for a lady. Cleaning <laughs> the pee-pee poo-poo tray. <laughs> that is 100% some shit. Pun intended that a man I think should do, you know, and then just in cleaning the tray, I really began to feel it as a beautiful thing. You know, this moment to release thinking of myself, to release 
this incessant pattern of self-consciousness and worry and anxiety and am I doing this right? Am I living up to this? Am I going to get to here? Whatever. And just surrender myself to being of service to my family here in the here and now. And what a beautiful escape that is. What a beautiful fucking escape it is to do things for other people, to help other people, you know, and that's something I'm just really beginning to appreciate on a different level lately, you know, and I, it also led me to just thinking very deeply about what is it to be a part of a family, like what a treasure it is to be able to give selflessly without a second thought, just because you want to give, because it's the right thing to do, you know, and how, you know, the the, the kind of with the adolescent mindset I spoke of before, it's about give and take and equality and distribution. And, but that's not what family's about. It's not about equality and distribution necessarily, but giving without expectation because it's the right thing to do. And if everybody's doing that, it just works, you know, especially when you're older. Of course, you can't always work when it's older. It's like, you know, parents got to give 100% and the kids are not doing shit and the kids are just getting taken care of. And hopefully it slowly starts to go the other way and balance and we help each other out. You know what I mean? We help each other out. And I think that's a great family with great family members when that's what you're doing. That's the flow you're in. And it just made me realize my, oh my gosh, I'm burping baby. And made me realize like my family back home is a great family. And, you know, I, I just felt like I want to do more to give to them and be of service of them and just help out in ways I, I haven't you know, in the past, because I have been so on my own journey and so selfish, but, you know, they've always done the best they could, and they've done so much for me, and, you know, despite all the, you know, kind of times I felt stifled, just wanting to be a certain person, and maybe feeling like that was at friction with their wishes for me, at the end of the day, I know they want the best, and they're trying to understand me, and they're trying to, they try, want me to be happy, but also, like, I just gotta help them out, you know, I just gotta give. Oh. I've just been really thinking a lot about what it is to be a man and just trying to look up stuff, you know, and I found this like dope website, you know, the art of manliness. And I was even thinking about doing a, a podcast inspired by it, just because it is this dude who has spent years and years and years studying what it's meant to be a man throughout history, you know, from like the Greeks and in different cultures and societies and what are the through lines and, you know, and he, he I want something I was reading that he kind of talks about is there is kind of such a, a black and white portrayal of it these days, you know, without nuance where it's like, oh, it's either douchebag manly men who are assholes and they're all about strength and doing manly stuff and they're selfish and they're dickheads or there's just sissy pussy boys who are, you know, fucking doing nothing and have no spine and no backbone, all this stuff where... You know, he talks about the nuance of, of in the middle, you know, where people can feel like, oh, men shouldn't be so stereotypical, like I'm going to provide for this woman and blah, 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 like she can provide for herself now versus like, yeah, it's like they can provide for themselves, but there are, you know, certain ways where just like, I think even biologically, we still would like a, a men to behave and women to behave like, you know, I think like most people would want a man who is able to weather the storms and know that he's is going to be, you know, he can be gentle when he needs to be and sensitive with his loved ones in order to, 
you know, hear them and make them feel heard and supported, but also strong enough to not crumble under that and strong enough to, you know, steer the ship of the family and be that rock. And, you know, there, there's just there's just so much to it that I think doesn't get discussed that I think he really starts to get into, you know, with his guest contributors and his wife on that site. And I was like, man, I feel like just because, you know, I mean, I'm sure they have a good amount of reach, but to, to, to I think the, the people like you guys that I'm talking to, I think are people, you probably don't know about that website. And I probably could, you know, give these super valuable lessons I've been learning to other people. Like, I think that's amazing, right? But then I just imagine in my mind, like, fuck, what if it's seven years later? And this podcast gets super big and they sue me and like, oh, he fucking stole our thoughts and our ideas and shit. And they try to fucking take all my money. And I'm like, oh, bro, I just found it so beneficial. I wanted it to reach more people. And they'd be like, no, fuck you, bro. You're making money off our ideas. And then I'll be like, well, what would you rather do? Make more money or fucking genuinely benefit more people's lives? Isn't that the whole point? That'd be an epic argument, huh? That'd be an epic lawsuit. What a, what a modern millennial conflict that is, you know, just what we're arguing about, but also so timeless, you know, because I feel like a greed versus and like in the self over the benefit of more people is like such a timeless versus, you know, you always see that coming at, at odds. But I think at the end of the day, you got to be doing it for other people because everything else is vapid, you know, other than trying to help people and be of service to people like what else are you going to do, man? When you're looking out for yourself, it's whack. When you're looking up for yourself, it's whack. But who knows? Maybe the art of manliness people would be think it's dope. I'm like, oh yeah, I wanted, you want to talk about our ideas on your podcast? Go ahead. More publicity for us, boy. Another thing I was thinking about that I think is so cool is just or you know, another thing I just think is so is so beautiful is like you know just like the little things like you'll do as a family. Like you'll have like a little chant that you do at certain times or, you know, your grandpa will sing you the same song in the morning or, you know, your mom will do this, your dad will do this, whatever. And I just, just how beautiful is it to, to be a part of those things, you know, to be in witness of those little things that, you know, it, the idea of it we all share as humans, you know, we all kind of do things like that. But just with us and our family, we have that specific one we do. Just the fact that we're able to make those specific things and they just belong to us. And so at this, in, simultaneously, it's kind of, it's an expression of our deepest feelings and in a way that's so universal and also so intimate and personal at the same time. And I just love it. And I'm just so grateful for that stuff. And even like me and Monica, like just like little things we'll do all the time, you know, like our, we'll be in the car, we'll be playing a song and she's fucking like singing a song and she knows it. She's so musical. She knows the words. She knows the notes. And there's me less familiar, less everything. And I try to make some sounds a little bit to go with it. And <laughs> it's just funny how bad I am usually. And <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, it's just those little things that are just so, you know, I appreciate them so much. And it like, like the owner of our, our gym, um, Ben, he recently lost a dog that he's had for years and like he was making a post for him on IG and he was like, you know, appreciate the little things, appreciate the little moments, because when you look back, you'll realize they were the big ones. And I definitely feel that way, you know, with all these little habits, all these little things that we repeat. It's like, 
I know, I, I already know as we're doing it, I'm going to look back and be like, fuck, like, I love that we did that. I love that, that little thing we did. Like, it, that's the stuff that has so much meaning. That's the stuff nobody can take and it needs no validation. It just exists in its purity. And I feel like the, the more of those little things just for us and our loved ones that we can fill our lives with, the happier we'll be. You know, the more of a, like the deeper our roots will be in helping us to, to weather these crazy turbulent times we're in right now, you know? And it's like, just thinking about stuff like this is when I think like, I'm so grateful that I'm, I'm doing this podcast, you know, cause you guys, you know what, you know why I would encourage anybody to do their podcast is it's just such a great tool for figuring yourself out and you know, your voice and you know, how you feel about things, the way you, you process the world, because you know, I think we can tend to think of things as so results oriented. Who cares if at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck about you. Nobody listens to your, your stuff. You're still better off. Cause you know what? You know yourself better and what your voice is and what the fuck you want to say, what you care about, what you want to talk about. That's what we love in brands, right? And athletes and artists, like in some way, it feels like they have something to fucking say and they say it in a way that only they can. And we love that when somebody is so themselves, when they really know themselves. It's like um, if you've seen like the, when, you know, the, the, mo the most recent remake of Star is Born with Bradley Cooper. He says to Lady Gaga, 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 a lot of people have talent, but not many have something to say and can say it in a way that makes people want to listen. And I was like, fuck, that's it, isn't it? That's it, all there is. And I fucking love that. You know, how can I really say something passionately and, and, and specifically? And I think the way that, you know, that where people do want to listen is when it is so raw and it is so real and it's so honest where they really connect with it on a level that is beneficial for them is giving them positive feelings, positive ideas that are going to help them to move forward. You know, even if it's emotionally moving forward that day, moving a little bit higher into joy or really getting through a, a really big challenge in their life. Either way, you know, no matter what, you, we're trying to help. We're trying to be of service. I'm trying to be of service. I was reading uh, the most recent GQ Australia. And oh man, it feels great to be subscribed to a magazine again. I freaking love, I forgot how much I love magazines. But they were just showing in there that there's a cause exhibit. Like running at the National Gallery of Victoria down in Melbourne from September 20th. To April 13th. And it looks so dope. Oh man, cause is so cool. I just love the XIs and all the things he does and the way he joins it together. And the GQ is even like comparing him to like Andy Warhol. And like he's like the modern Andy Warhol. And I mentioned that to Monica and she's like, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, Andy Warhol was pretty, you know, he was a pretty specific dude. He was a pretty rare figure, pretty influential for art and just, you know, what he meant. And I definitely see where she's coming from. I mean, he's a fucking legend, you know, and I, but I do feel like cause is becoming one in his own right. And, you know, to, to say, oh, is the artistic value, the impact on art the same? Like, I don't even want to get into that stuff, but what the reason GQ, the, the writer made the comparison is just because cause has, you know, like you can get shirts that he, with his designs at Uniqlo for like 30 bucks. But he also has like paintings that are selling for like over 20 million or like, a, I don't know about the exact amount, but I think like millions and millions of dollars. 
And they're saying like, not since Warhol has there been an artist that is so all over the commercial world, like in from in such a spectrum, you know, it's like the almost like every price point, you can kind of find something um, of this person's work, which is which is kind of insane, you know, that that saturation. Um, and just that presence, I think, in the art world. And man, there's so much stuff, cool stuff just does come to Melbourne, Melbourne, <laughs> in Mel Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, but you know, it's not the only place cool things are happening in Australia because look at the ACT. The Australian Capital Territory, it is now legal to grow and have on you 50 grams of marijuana. How crazy is that? How crazy is that, huh? Australia's making progress. It's making progress like America is, baby. Things are changing. Things are growing. Watch, it's about to be another major industry in Australia as well. It's happening, folks. Get in now. Choo, choo, choo. Buy some stocks. Make some products. Choo, choo, teet, teet. Money to be made. There is money to be made in Australia, in America. Speaking of America, I was reading with uh, Ludwig Göransson, and if you don't know who that is, um, he was, where did he, where did I first hear of him? I, like, he was the, he would, like, score the show Community, and so Donald Glover linked up with him, and he's been, like, the main musical partner for all the Childish Gambino stuff, and he scored Black Panther and won a Grammy for it, and he's, like, scored other things as well. And he was just talking about how This Is America, this song by Gambino, was on the shelf for three years, 80% done. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, how crazy is that? Like, that song was so dope, and Donald was like, I don't want to put this out. There was something about him that just wanted to hold on to it. And people are talking about, like, right when he dropped it, and the video was the context for maximum impact throughout the country, throughout the world. And it did, you know, it had such a big impact. It like meant so much of the, it was like the video of the year, you know, it was huge. And like, he just had that kind of knowledge and Ludwig was like, you just got to trust his master plan, his grand plan. He just had something in him. He wanted to hold it for a few years, three to be exact. And there you go. Right. When he dropped, it became one that would it have become nearly as big three years before. I don't necessarily think so, you know? I don't necessarily think so. When I was in North Sydney the other week, I saw a dude on a scooter, and he was wearing, like, a fitted navy suit. Like, it was a nice suit. And let me just emphasize, he was on, like, a scooter, like, a push scooter. Like, not... <laughs> Not one of like the motor Vespas. He was riding a push scooter across the street wearing a suit and he had a Gucci messenger bag on with just like the brown G print, like the kind of diagonal brown G print, which was a nice bag. And then he's wearing a brown scarf, but he was wearing it the wrong way. Like, you know how it should like fucking fall forward or be all the way around your neck? He had both sides coming down his back. And let me just tell you, to see this guy scooting across the street with his little scarf flaps flap, flapping behind him with his little his Gucci bag and this freaking scooter, this guy was so bitch. This guy was so bitch. And if you don't imagine that image of just this freaking dude doing it, and let me tell you this, he, he was dressed, he didn't look gay, okay? Because if he looked gay, he would not be bitch at all. He would be a fucking fierce ass hoe flexing on everybody but this was not this guy looks so fucking corporate straight fucking weird dude you know what i mean like the kind of guy that like 
would like pass behind a girl at a party and like put his hands on her hips like oh excuse me miss that kind of guy and he was just like that oh so bitch and if you don't see it that way we just don't see the same world we don't see the world the same way you know if that image doesn't make you giggle (laughs) you're not my people i'm not your people it's fine but now we know that but now we know that because we saw this guy with the Gucci bag with the backward scarf on the scooter in the suit. And we know how we felt about him. Moving on, another funny thing I saw, an old Asian guy wearing kappa. And I, coming from the States, I didn't know what kappa was. But Monica seemed convinced, like, I think kappa was big in the States too. It's like the logo where it has, like, it's like the trucker logo where there's, like, the silhouette of, like, two naked girls. And they're kind of, like, sitting facing opposite each other. Like when you think of like trucker flaps in the States, you think of that logo, but there's like a clothing brand called that, like Kappa, and it kind of looks like Adidas, but on the white stripes, you have like the, that, like the girl logo. And let me say, seeing an old Asian guy wearing it was hilarious. It's funny seeing like older people just try to keep their youth in different ways. But when you see an old Asian guy with like a lot of young Asian people wear Kappa and just seeing the freaking silhouettes of nudie girls on his leg was just so funny. It's like, oh my God, who put grandpa in these pants? You know what I mean? (laughs) But one of my favorite things to do, and it might seem malicious, but it's not malicious. And I didn't do this for the grandpa you know, but I like to look at people who, in my opinion, are poorly dressed and imagine them that morning looking in the mirror like, fuck yeah, I look fucking great today. I'm ready to go out there and fucking have an amazing day because I look great. (laughs) And hey, hey, don't get me wrong, okay? I already feel the judgment, you know, as you listen to this. I think it's great. They think that. They feel handsome. They feel beautiful. That's amazing. I wouldn't want to take that from them. I would not give them weird looks. I would not say anything to them. I want them to go around feeling like they're they're badass selves, you know? But for me, privately, on a private, intimate level, it's so funny because to me, they look terrible. And that's so subjective. There's people who are going to see the way I dress and probably think I look terrible. But, you know, what a joy it is to look at people and just like, you know... (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just people wearing poorly coordinated outfits, ridiculous outfits, aged outfits, mismatching things, way too colorful things that are like ugly. And just imagine them in the mirror. Maybe maybe with sunglasses, even just staring at themselves with sunglasses and indoors. Yeah. I look fucking hot. <laughs> people are going to see me today and be jealous with my Kappa belt buckle today. <laughs> Ah, but they shouldn't give a fuck what anyone thinks of them, honestly. Like, I don't. I certainly don't. And you know how I know I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks? I walk around the Sydney CBD, which is the downtown again for the Americans, with a lunch pail. I hold a lunch pail in my hand, and I just walk around all these corporate officials and, you know, people in suits and whatever, with their duffel bags and backpacks. And I just, I, I rock my lunch bags proudly. I don't care. People are buying lunch. They're wasting money. I'm out here with my lunch packed. I'm saving money, baby. I don't give a fuck who looks stupid. Now I'm saving money, ho. I'm saving money, ho. My lunchbox also said friends on it, like the, like the TV show Friends. <laughs> and I keep creamy peanut butter in it, bro. That's how, that's how much I don't give a fuck. I walk around with a friends-branded back lunchbox 
with creamy peanut butter inside. Ugh. You know who really doesn't give a fuck, though? Like, even, like, further than my lunchbox? When I see people walking around the city, and they have, like, those roller backpacks? Oh, <laughs> they don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Kudos to them. You know what I mean? Probably, maybe they have food in there. Maybe they have, like, office supplies, whatever. But they're straight up wearing, like, a suit or, like, a dress. And they're just pulling around a roller backpack in the city. Ooh, those people don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. I respect that. I love that. You know, so funny. I like in my job, like, um, you know, when I'm on the, on the calls, like the first thing I say when a lot of people call in, I'm like, hey, can I start with your first and last name? Hey, yeah. Can I just start with your first and last name, please? And there was a guy who goes, okay, my name is. And I was like, sorry, could you spell that? And then he spelled it for me. And I was like, okay, uh, so uh, last name Hussein. He's like, yes, Hussein. I was like, okay, first name Saddam. And he's like, yes, Saddam. And I was like, holy fuck. I'm literally, I'm helping a dude get a, it's for a tow. I helped him get a tow truck to his broken down car. I literally helped a guy named Saddam Hussein. Did, oh my gosh. How crazy is that, huh? I don't know if it was a ghost. I don't know if it was, you know. If he escaped from prison and it was a hoax, or if it was just another guy living in Australia with the unfortunate name of Saddam Hussein, probably that one. But man, imagine that's your name. Imagine your name is is, is Adolf Hitler. You know what I mean? Imagine your name is Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Look, I don't want to be mean, but change change it. You know, <laughs> dude, you you've lived with that name for twenty five years. Okay, cool. Change it. <laughs> That name is now tarnished, homeboy. You know, your name is now tarnished. It's been ruined. You're going to have to uh, get a new one, I think. I was also thinking about just like with social media and and pressure and what all these people are advertising, like free yourself from nine to five, free yourself from society. You know, it's all about the early retirement of life. And, you know, it's almost like they look down on people who want to build a career, who want to, you know, work a, a job who want to be like specific at a trade or a craft or, you know, a profession. And like, it's just that that idea of being like, kind of free for you. Like, you're not, you're not really participating in society in a lot of these things, you know, or maybe you are, but in like a more passive way, where you're kind of like, you know, trying to be above it or thinking you're above it or removing yourself from it, which I think if that's what you're passionate about, that's what you want to do. I think that's great. But I feel like a lot of times they just put down. But I guess that's what it, marketing is, right? You make people feel kind of bad about what they have so they can want what you're selling them. And be like, oh man, maybe if I did have that, things would be better. But it's just kind of, I don't know, it's been like rubbing me the wrong way a little bit recently just because the reality for most people is they got to work jobs. Like without people at the, you know, at the cashier or the gas station or a lot of things, even call centers, just a lot of these kind of basic jobs like janitors, like without that stuff, we'd be fucked, you know, like. Society needs those people to operate successfully and to just kind of always put them down, I think is is kind of mean spirited, you know, and so I just been kind of on this tip lately, like how can we uplift the common man and woman, you know, because the reason they're common is because there's more of them than anybody else. And to, I think hate on that is kind of, you know, let's, uh, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's support it, you know and find the best ways we can to cultivate skills that contribute to society. But it really is, I mean, the fewer people who can, you know, who have the skills that you do, who can do the things you do, the more money you're going to make. 
there are a lot of jobs that a lot of people can do that are so necessary, you know, that we just will always need. And I think everything is important, you know. Like I saw somebody close to me like post on Facebook, you know, like, oh, I've I've needed a doctor, I've needed a lawyer, I've needed a, you know, or a so-and-so. I've never needed an actor or a musician or, or like an artist or an athlete. Why are we giving undue importance to the opinions of these people and blah, 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 blah. And like on one hand, you know, of course I do have mixed feelings about it because I understand where they're coming from. Like, sure, you know, uh, you're... Uh, your arts might not necessarily help somebody out of a legal pinch or save somebody's physical life or whatever, but I do think they're, they're so important. You know, I, I just think that art is so necessary. Like there's that, you know, earth and, you know, the earth without art is just eh. And like, you know, the, the, the sciences and trades and things like that is it's how we stay alive, but art is, you know, what we live for. And music and feeling and all these things, the common human experience. And I do think it's possible to save lives through art. I mean, emotionally, psychologically, which again, I think is, you know, you could, you could, some might say more important than physical things. I think they're equally important, you know, like you got to take care of your body, but you also got to take care of your mind. And, you know, I, I just, it just kind of hurts, but I get it though. It's like, oh, why do we value this so much? But I feel like though it does break down to, you know, they have this, like, artists and famous people and athletes, they just have such a huge reach. There are so many people watching them. The service they provide brings value to way more people than the average doctor, the average lawyer, the average whatever. It's just they're, a they're able to reach more people. So even if they're charging way less for the service, they're still making heaps of money. They're still having a lot of reach, a lot of influence because of the nature of the viewership of the industry they're in. And that's not saying their opinion or whatever is more important. It's just more, it just gets to more people. And I don't know, maybe it would be cool to see, you know, like some, you know, the people who are, I guess, more needed for the, the, the physical, you know, wellness of humanity, you know, did have like, I guess, maybe like a, an equal amount of exposure with their opinions or an equal amount of importance. And I guess, I mean, I could see what people would want that. Even though, how do you do that? You know, how do you give them that platform? Like, everybody gets that platform. We don't all have that much attention to be paying attention to everything everybody says. Anyway, yeah, maybe that's what they want, you know? I'm sure it'd be interesting to hear that. But you know what? Just in terms of people having opinions in general about anything, it's always so crazy to me when people are like, oh, comedians and artists, you know, they stay out of politics. You know, that's that's not your job. And it's like, oh, sorry, um, you know, William. Sorry, William from Kentucky telling, you know, famous people to stay out of it because it's not their job. What's your job? Oh, are you a politician? Oh, no. You're a plumber? Okay. Well, what, what's your job, William? Maybe you shouldn't have an opinion. <laughs> so you, th as a plumber, you think you know, you know, you're more qualified to have an opinion on the way things are going than an artist? It's just so fucking stupid to me. It's so dense to me. It's like, bro, you're entitled to your opinion. So are they. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know why? What is politics? The way that human behavior and human interaction happens and is regulated and the rules and stipulations for helping humans conduct themselves. It's all just about the way we live socially and financially. And that affects everybody. 
so everybody can have an opinion on it. You know what I mean? Oh, man. It's just so insane to me. If you're going to criticize a, a celebrity or whatever for speaking on politics, like how dare they speak on politics? And of course, yeah, there are certain people who are more informed than others. But I'm saying if you're going to criticize somebody just on the grounds that they are famous and they aren't a politician, you better criticize yourself right back, baby. If you're not a politician, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any opinions from you. If you're not a politician, you can go ahead and tell Jamie Foxx that you don't care about, you know, what he thinks about the presidential election. But guess what? You know who else I don't want to hear talk about the presidential election? Yo ass. Yo ass. Shut your motherfucking mouth, boy. Shut your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> I was on the bus the other day and I saw the shortest guy. Like he looked like he was like 5'3", five, 5'4". With like the longest beard. His beard must have been a foot long. And I was like, wow, he's really trying to compensate for how short he is with that beard. But it was just so funny because he sat down. And he started just having this weird like long stroke to his beard. Like it was a cat or something that he was gently petting. The way he was petting his beard was so weird. Like he was trying to take care of it. It just felt so, oh my god, this guy is so conscious of his beard. He's trying so hard to make it look nice, but guess what? It looked awful still. His beard looks so stupid still, but it was just funny seeing him just caress it and touch it. And I was like, Oof, bro, you're a loser. <laughs> he was trying to take care of it, but when it gets so long, it just looks so bad. It just looks so homeless. Like you can permit and keep it straight or whatever, put oils in it. Oh man, still so bad looking. And then when I was walking through the city to pick up Monica from work the other day, I was just in the CBD and on the floor of a sidewalk, I saw parents letting their baby just crawl around on the floor. And I was like, what the fuck? Do y'all know how dirty that goddamn floor is? It's like just after five. It's like rush hour time. Everybody's walking all over the place. But I don't know. People in Australia are barefoot. So I guess letting babies like crawl on the floor isn't as gross to them. Like it builds... I might be a Bill's character. <laughs> I may be walking on the sidewalk Bill's character for my baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe that's what it is. It's like, my baby's immune system's going to toughen up from that. <laughs> you know what? I think I'll end with this. Maybe we're all just crawling on the goddamn floor. Maybe, maybe this life is just all of us as babies crawling on the goddamn floor. But hey, you know what? Keep crawling. Try not to get sick. Know that your parents are watching over you. Thanks for being here this week. I love you. Let's get through another week. Let's be all right, babies. Let's be even better. Uh, peace out, you know? I made a little parody of a webinar on YouTube, and I'm trying to just edit my Post Malone video. It's almost up. It's ba I have a rough draft of it. Check it out. Then maybe I'll make a life of a telephone razor. I still got to cut that together because I filmed it. I filmed it. Uh, check that stuff out on YouTube and uh, leave me a five-star review, please, because if you don't leave five stars, don't even leave the review. Don't want to see that shit because I only want five stars, yeah? Um, <laughs> that's me trying to fucking sound like Taika Waititi's character in Thor. Um, 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 yeah, you can find me at Instagram, Stupid Sounding Laugh Now. Uh, Twitter, it's still NT Funny Funny Guy. I should just switch that to Stupid Sounding Laugh. I'm fucking switching it, baby. 
I should switch my YouTube too. Am I allowed? I don't know if I'm allowed to. I'll figure it out. Oh well. Um, until then, though, you know, thanks again for being here. I love you. We're gonna get through it, alright? Peace out. <laughs>